What up, man? It's your boy, man. We are live right now in the FTJ studio. I got my engineer in the building, E, with me on the ones and twos, man. Always got going on. What is that, Gunner? That joint crazy. But you already know, man, we got a lot to talk about on today's episode. You know we get into Nick Foles. Of course, we'll talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. They keep on losing. <laughs> of course, we'll talk about the Houston Rockets, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, man. We got a lot to get into, man. It's from the jump. But of course, starting off today's show, you know we got to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the news that broke yesterday. Now, it is said that the Jacksonville Jaguars are expected to sign free agent quarterback Nick Foles, who of course most notably was the Philadelphia Eagles starter slash, I guess, backup, if you will. I mean, that confusing situation. But Nick Foles is headed to Jacksonville. And, and again, and me and E was talking off air and, and I told him honestly, I said, look. This is the best move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's be real, okay? This is the best move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's about time they got rid of Blake Bortles again. Blake Bortles was cool for a year or two, but Blake Bortles was not good enough to compete in this league. Now, what I will say about the Jacksonville Jaguars team is simple. They did battle some injuries this year, and it didn't help that Jalen Ramsey put a target on his team back this year, basically by shitting on all 32 NFL quarterbacks, saying this quarterback isn't good. He's good. He's washed up. He shouldn't be playing. He sucks. It didn't help that Jalen Ramsey put that target on his team's back and, and week in and week out. He had to back up that noise. And I, and I think that team kind of got humbled a little bit this year. Now, I will say this, though. This is the perfect recipe. This is the perfect marriage for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Nick Foles, simply because of the fact that they both need each other. Nick Foles, at this point in his career, we want to see Nick Foles try to see if he can win over another team. Again, we did see... Carson Wentz go down a couple seasons back. Nick Foles was inserted. He led the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. Again, I, I personally felt like from that moment going forward that he should have been the quarterback, not necessarily Carson Wentz. Now, had Nick Foles, you know, got went to the Super Bowl, lost, okay, then you insert Carson Wentz, keep going with the season. But because of the fact that Nick Foles actually played really well, I personally felt like, why not keep him as a starter? Again, when you insert him, he was 2-1. He was 4-1. Again, his record as a Philadelphia Eagle was 21 and 11. So he had a positive winning record for the Philadelphia Eagles. So again, when we look back on this situation and we're gonna look back four or five years down the line, will Carson Wentz be a nice player? Sure. Will the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl? No, because the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in that division. Of course, we'll talk Jason Witten a little bit later. But as it stands right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars needed Nick Foles. And again, this was a team that went to the AFC Championship. This is a team that was a couple plays away from playing the Philadelphia Eagles that year in the Super Bowl. This is a team that, at this point, realizes the only thing we're missing is a quarterback. We can run the football with Leonard Fournette. I'm sure they'll probably draft a receiver or two. But otherwise, again, what Nick Foles was able to do with Alshon Jeffries and Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz, if Nick Foles was able to have success with those guys, you mean to tell me he can't have success with D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief and, and, and D.J. Clark and Keelan Cole? Nick Foles headed to Jacksonville. This is perfect. They're in a division right now where a lot of teams are going for it. Houston feels like they're close. The Indianapolis Colts kind of found a resurgence this year. And the Tennessee Titans just barely missed the playoff. So again, when we look at this AFC South division, really one of the toughest divisions really in football, the Jacksonville Jaguars had to go out there and get a quarterback. This is a team, like I said, that realizes that we were a Super Bowl contending team just a season or two ago. And this past season, them finishing 5-11 really was unacceptable. And I believe they all kind of in the organization realize, let's move on from Blake Bortles. And what a better quarterback to restart with than Nick Foles. But keeping with the NFL, the NFL draft combine going on this weekend, past week, if you will. Of course, a lot of guys 
out there trying to make money as we see it on the screen. Riley Reed is kind of running the gauntlet drill right now. Of course, there was a lot of winners and losers from this weekend. Of course, we all know Paris Campbell run the blazing 43140 of all. We all know DJ Metcalf, everybody that was kind of in awe, if you would, kind of the 6'3, 228 pound receiver, you know, ran a 4340. I think he ran a five, I think he had a 40.5 inch vertical jump. So, you know, a lot of guys kind of jumped off the tape, if you will, during the scouting combine. And again, we all know the scouting combine is really tailor-made for kind of like the skill guys, if you will, to kind of show their athleticism, to kind of show that they can get out and run and move in between space and space, of course, catch the ball. And above all and everything, you know, this is their opportunity to kind of get their first taste of what the NFL is going to be like. Again, you have all NFL GMs, owners, scouts, you know, NFL personnel, all kind of piled into Lucas Oil Stadium, if you will, to watch these guys compete. And again, you know, this is the time that the guys that didn't necessarily go to the big time schools or didn't necessarily get their name out there during the season. This is the time for them to make their money. But the, the one thing I don't like about the NFL Combine is the fact that, you know, you could also hurt yourself. And I, got, I thought a guy in particular, I thought Dwayne Haskins personally shouldn't have worked out. Again, we saw Kyler Murray speaking to the media, talking to the media, kind of saying, you know, basically, I would love to go to the Giants. I would love to play for who, you know, whoever drafts me. But again, I thought that Dwayne Haskins, they said he ran a five flat 40. Again, we're watching this 40 right now, watching him throw the football again. Guy that would finish 13 to 1 as a starter at Ohio State, so I don't want to take anything away from him. When we look at Dwayne Haskins, he probably won't be running the read option. I thought he was a little bit more athletic than he showcased here in Lucas Oil Stadium, but again, when we talk about the NFL Combine, it's, it's hard to kind of evaluate guys just because of the fact that they don't have on the full attire and they're not full go. When we look at guys, I want to judge them on the field. That's how we was always judged. That's the area in which I grew up in. I grew up in that area where guys were judged based upon their film, based upon what they did on the field. A lot of times, a lot of guys can look good in workouts and shorts and headbands and the little pants, but when they put on the pads and when it's time to put on a helmet, they can't tackle, they can't run, they can't move in space. Sometimes a lot of guys are quicker than fast. And then above all and everything, you have to still tackle me. Football is still a tackle sport. So above all and everything, you know, like I said, guys will be fully suited and armored up. So again, when we look at the combine, I know they can't come out there with full helmets and shoulder pads on, but I don't know. For me, it's always kind of just hard to really just evaluate guys. But I think the one thing the NFL is doing with the NFL combine is kind of taking guys out of their element and putting them inside an element where like a lot of variables and a lot of things aren't controlled. And of course, that's the, the, the beauty about football is, of course, you have to be able to control what you can control, but also being able to compete in an uncontrolled environment. A lot of guys made a lot of money this weekend in the NFL Combine. Shout out to my boy Chuma that competed this weekend, of course, for the USC Trojans. Um, there's a lot of guys out there competing. So, like I said, we definitely want to see what they do going forward. But again, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the top kind of picks in the draft, if you will, you know, those guys, I typically would compete at my pro day. And I thought if you were Dwayne Haskins, again, competing at Ohio State, maybe would have done you some good. But again, a guy like him probably wanted to showcase that, you know what, I'm a competitor. I want to compete. I want to be here amongst the best guys. And above all and everything, I want to show these NFL teams that I'm a quarterback. I'm not just some guy that competed at Ohio State. I'm, that I'm an NFL quarterback. I ain't going to lie to you, E. Did you see the 1D lineman? They said the one bro from, uh, what's it, Rashawn Gary from Michigan? They said, bro, ran like a 4-5. That's when I said, whew. You mean to tell me, bro, running a 4-5? I said, you, imagine being chased by that. <laughs> but don't go anywhere. Up next on From the Jump, man. We'll get into some basketball talk. Of course, we'll talk Rockets and Celtics yesterday. We'll talk the Lakers losing streak. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar selling his memorabilia. And on today's edition of The Wrap-Up, we'll talk Antonio Brown speaking to the media. Stay tuned. It's From the Jump.
Green like gold, that's all I know. Fresh off the advertisement break, man, we are streaming live right now in the FTJ studios, man. Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Definitely keep streaming us. Definitely keep sharing us. You know we keep coming up with the episodes. Keep sharing us, man. Keep tapping in. Go follow us on the social medias. Let us know how we're doing on the show. Let us know what we can improve. Let us know what we can improve. Hit us up. Let us know something. It's from the jump. Quick scores from the NBA games yesterday. The Portland Trailblazers defeated the Charlotte Hornets yesterday, 118 to 108. Yusuf Nurkic finished yesterday's game with 26 points, 15 rebounds. The Houston Rockets defeated the Boston Celtics, 115 to 104. Kyrie Irving finished yesterday's game, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. James Harden was the big-time performer, as we all know, 42.7 rebounds. Four assists. The Atlanta Hawks defeated the, the Chicago Bulls yesterday, 123 to 118, the game in which Trey Young was ejected from. Of course, Robin Lopez finished yesterday's game, 16.6 rebounds. Alex Lynn was the lead high, 28 points, nine rebounds, and also two assists. The Los Angeles Clippers, they keep on winning. And AE, your Lakers keep on losing. Los Angeles Clippers defeated the New York Knicks yesterday, 128 to 107. The Cleveland Cavaliers defeated the Orlando Magic yesterday, 107-93. The Detroit Pistons defeated the Toronto Raptors, 112-107. The, the Washington Wizards defeated the Timberwolves, 135-121. And Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday, 99-95. A game in which Russell Westbrook received a technical foul for talking to himself. Hey, look, I, I, that's my man's. I, I mess with Russell heavy, but he got to chill, bro. I think they say he got two more techs. And I think that's a game suspension. And of course, again, come down to the playoffs. You know, those technical fouls, they start to matter. I'm just saying. But now, of course, the Houston Rockets defeated the Boston Celtics yesterday, 115-104, a game in which James Harden, you know, came into the Boston Garden yesterday and, and, and dominated. Of course, had 42 points. But the high yesterday's game, but the high man yesterday for the Houston Rockets was actually Aaron Gordon, who finished yesterday's game with 32 points. Now, take a listen to James Harden after yesterday's game about his Houston Rockets. I'm worried about how great you know, we're playing. It feels good to have mostly everyone back. Uh, you know, I can't have missed tonight, but you catch a rhythm. You know, throughout the course of the year, we've been having a lot of injuries, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, we're finally catching a rhythm on both ends of the floor, and it feels great. In which James Harden is absolutely right. I mean, this is exactly who we thought the Houston Rockets should be. I mean, we all thought, you know, back to last season, again, the Houston Rockets took the Golden State Warriors to the seven-game series. Again, a lot of people feel like if Chris Paul would have played, Golden State loses that series. Again, I'm going to say I'm going to always bet my money on the two-time champs. I'm always going to bet my money on KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond to get it done. And then again, this year, if I got to bet it again on a seven-game series, of course, I'm betting it 
on the Golden State Warriors. But this is a Houston Rockets team that currently right now is on a five-game winning streak. In their 10-game stretch, they're 7-3 right now. This is a team right now playing good basketball, headed into the NBA playoffs. And again, we can look at the other three teams that are ahead of them. Could we right now say definitively at 39-24 and 24 that the Portland Trailblazers are better than Houston? They've made some moves. They added Rodney Hood. But can we say right now that the Houston Rockets are better than Portland? Yes. Can we say right now that the Houston Rockets are better than Oklahoma City Thunder? Yes. I feel like if it comes down to it in a seven-game series, Russell and Paul George versus Chris Paul, James Harden and that crew, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. And again, the Denver Nuggets, though they are 42-20 and 20 right now, the second seed in the West, I feel like that's fool's gold. Again, the Denver Nuggets didn't make the playoffs last year. Remember that situation between them and Timberwolves at the end of the season? And it came down to Jimmy Butler hitting free throws, which ultimately ended the Denver Nuggets season. So now, again, they are the second seed. Joker is playing out of his mind. Gary Harris and them guys are playing great right now. But when it comes down to it in the playoffs, you have to actually advance and you have to actually get into the playoffs first. And then you have to actually win a series. The same thing we were saying about Utah last year. The same thing we were saying about the, the Houston Rockets ultimately last year. The same thing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So when we look at the Western Conference, this was a huge win for the Houston Rockets. But this was a bad loss yesterday for the Boston Celtics. And again, they're going to go on these streaks where they win a couple games, they lose a couple games. And I know Kyrie Irving has been making a lot of promises saying that we're going to be in the finals. Nobody can stop us in a seven-game series. But I, I tweeted on Friday night that chemistry matters in the NBA. And when I saw the game against the Golden State Warriors and the Sixers, even though this has nothing to do with the Houston Rockets and the Celtics, but it has everything to do with the situation, I saw that the Sixers didn't have real team chemistry. Chemistry matters in the NBA. And when I look at the Boston Celtics, they don't really have team chemistry. They're not closing out on defense. They're not sharing the basketball. They're not hitting threes. And of course, when you're not hitting threes, you're typically not going to play defense, which means that means long rebounds for the other team. That means James Harden was able to get out yesterday and hit threes. Eric Gordon was able to get out and hit threes. Chris Paul had a good game as well yesterday. So when we look at this Boston Celtics team, chemistry matters. And coming into the playoffs, people say, ah, oh, it goes away. You'll be able to, to just regroup and, and be together. No, 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 no. It only highlights in the playoffs. When I look at this team, if you will, the Boston Celtics, there's no team chemistry. And again, I don't want to put it all on Kyrie Irving, but me personally, I just feel like Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens in the direction that they want to go, they want to build around Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, we saw last year in the playoffs, was their guy. And I don't think it's Kyrie Irving. And I think Kyrie Irving realizes that. And there's some pushback. But when it's all said and done, we got to look at this situation. And we got to say, though this team is talented, though at the end of the day, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs, you got to lock in. But chemistry matters in the NBA. And the same thing going on for the Celtics right now is happening for the Lakers, which is I'm going to switch gears here and switch over to the Los Angeles Lakers. And, of course, they lost again on Saturday night to the Phoenix Suns. And when we when we look at this, you know, Lakers situation, a lot of people were saying, you know, this year for LeBron James this is going to be a good year. I personally felt like he was going to compete for the MVP this year because, you know, again, new situation, new team, you know, playing with Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Kuzma. I thought maybe that would give him some new life, some new juice. And that was the only reason why I thought that he was even leaving Cleveland was because of the fact that that team was old. You know, he had outgrew the situation. And he had wanted something young and fresh, and maybe he just wanted to attach himself, you know, to the Los Angeles Lakers. But now we're seeing the bigger plot and the bigger picture for LeBron James. And that, of course, that he came to Hollywood basically to, for LeBron. 
Of course, he's AR albums. He's just AR'd, I think, two changes album, rap, or go to the league. But now, getting back to basketball, the Lakers lost Friday night to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Lakers lost Saturday to the Phoenix Suns. And oh, by the way, they have a game tonight against the eighth seed in the Western Conference, Los Angeles Clippers. A game in which they have to play. A game in which they have to win. Uh, basically, a home game, if you will. And then you have to play the second team in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. Then they got to play Boston. Then they got to go on the road to Chicago. Then they got to go to Toronto. So basically, within the next four or five games, the Los Angeles Lakers season can basically, their fate can basically be decided for them. Because the season doesn't get better. Again, they have to go on a four or five game road trip to Chicago, to Toronto, to Detroit, to New York, to Milwaukee, a team at which you just lost to this past weekend. You think it gets better from there? And then you got the Sacramento Kings and then the Brooklyn Nets and then the Washington Wizards. And then you got to go to Utah. And then you got to come home to play Charlotte. And then you got the Pelicans and then Oklahoma City. Then go. The schedule doesn't get. Actually, their schedule gets harder as the season progresses. So as I said, these next four or five games between the Clippers, Denver Nuggets, the Celtics, Bulls, Raptors can basically decide the Lakers' fate. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over the past weekend was set to have sold all his, I guess, memorabilia from his Lakers championship days. Now, they said that at the auction that they could sold for, I think, approximately $3 million. And they said, of course, in those 200 items, they said that it included NBA championships, of course, Lakers memorabilia from his 80s, you know, I guess, championships. Now, they said that, of course, his six MVP trophies from 1972, 1974, and 1976, where I think were sold for over 100000 a pop. So, again... His stuff was was very valuable when it all came down to it. But what ultimately I like about this was that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ultimately said that all the proceeds, I think, were going to go to his Skyhook Foundation, which they said was going to help kids learn about science, technology, you know, math, engineering, basically STEM in America. I think that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a visionary. I think we all know, of course, I didn't get to see him play you know, during his prime in, in, in basketball. But I think that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's impact in a society was, I think, bigger than basketball. Again, this was a guy that was forefront, you know, during a civil rights time, you know, during a, a time period in which, you know, he changed his name from Luol Cinder to ultimately Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This is a guy that's very in tune with himself, uh, but most importantly, in tune, you know, with society. I mean, personally, I think this is a good thing for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Again, this is a guy that sees value in a kid's future other than material items, championship rings. Again, you know, everywhere he goes, I'm sure he's probably worshipped for the Lakers things that he's done. He can go to the Staples Center and kind of go see his Lakers. Again, everywhere you are, you are reminded who exactly you are and what you've done for the Los Angeles Lakers. But I think this is a dope thing for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to ultimately give back to the kids than what she cares about. L.A., you can stand on almost any street to see the Hollywood sign. So it's like opportunity right there. I ain't saying it's that easy, but I know it's possible. Now, on today's edition of The Wrap-Up, Antonio Brown speaking to ESPN had a kind of a 40-minute interview speaking on a bevy of topics, of course, talking about coming from Liberty City, of course, talking about his rocky situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, he also talked about Mike Tomlin in there. Now, of course, check out some sound clips from Antonio Brown's interview from ESPN. Criticism really is a part of the job. You know what I'm saying? I, I answer criticism with achievement. Yeah. But, you know, on the professional level is like, yo, like if I'm your guy, make 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 me know I'm your guy. But don't say I'm your guy and then point finger. Don't say I'm your guy and don't throw me the ball the whole first quarter. Now after hearing Antonio Brown and watching the interview, personally I kind of gained 
a better respect for Antonio Brown and exactly what Antonio Brown's message truly was. Now, what Antonio Brown did say was, at the end of the day, I was wrong and I'll take responsibility for what I did. But however, you can't have an owner, as he said, that doesn't respect you as a man. And I personally felt him on that one. Again, he said that he comes to work every day and he said the owner doesn't know his family, the owner doesn't know his kids, the owner doesn't really know anything about him, nor does the football coach Mike Tomlin know anything about him. So he says, personally, how can I put my life on the line for you? And again, I think that's true because when we look at football, football is a very violent sport. Football is a sport that you could come on the field and you may not make it off the field the same way that you came on. You, you have to really be able to trust the fact that the guy next to you got your back. If I'm going to war with somebody or if I'm entering the game with somebody and I don't feel like they have my back, then they're like he said, there's going to be doubt in my mind. Now, for Antonio Brown in this situation, again, you know, they said that the Raiders, there's a couple other teams out there that are looking for a veteran wide receiver. I think Antonio Brown will land on his feet. And the one thing I will say about Antonio Brown is sometimes A.B. can be all about A.B. And that can sometimes overshadow the bigger picture of the team. Was it time for him to move on? Absolutely. As I said, the Pittsburgh Steelers found their replacement in James Conner for Le'Veon Bell. And they also found their replacement at wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster for Antonio Brown. They're going to do the... Tom Brady treatment with Ben Roethlisberger and say Ben Roethlisberger is going to be our guy for the foreseeable future until Ben Roethlisberger decides to retire. And that's typically how it goes in the NFL. They're going to choose the quarterback. So Antonio Brown at this point moving on, that's what the wide receiver is supposed to do. But now, of course, we talked about a lot on today's show. Go follow your boy on all our social media. And from the jump, I follow everybody back. Man, new episodes coming this week. Stay tuned for that. But it's your boy. We out.